Welcome to the Instant Journeyman Podcast Monday Motivation Series. I'm your host, Jeremy Andrzejewski. And with the Monday Motivation Series, we're going to go ahead and start off by interviewing successful businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, athletes, award-winning chefs, healthcare professionals, and so on to learn what drives them to be successful and what keeps them motivated once they are successful. So if you're having a rough week, or just need a little bit of a, a kick in the ass, uh, that's what we're here to do. So uh, please enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Eat Right Foods, the official partner of the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres. So if you're looking to eat like a professional athlete, or you just want to improve your life by eating cleaner and freeing up time for those things that really matter in life, Eat Right Foods provides a huge assortment of high-quality foods with easy online ordering and kitchen-to-door delivery. Uh, if you're in the Buffalo area, you can do pickup. Or if you are anywhere in the U.S., you can go ahead and order online where all meals are just $10 each. Shipping to the East Coast is included, and all Midwest and West Coast orders have a flat rate for shipping. Uh, orders are due every Thursday by noon, and then you get them the following week. Uh, all orders will be shipped out uh, the following Monday, and... Boom, meals to your door. So check out eatrightfoods.com. And today's guest is Crystal Santanello. Crystal started off with a psychology degree and then became a elementary education teacher uh, for nearly 15 years. She's still doing that uh, even during COVID. She's teaching remotely. Uh, but I have her on to share her story of how she became a published poet uh, her book is available on Amazon.com, uh, and you can check out some of her uh, poetry on uh, Instagram with the handle at words to be free, and it's the number two and the letter B. And uh, I, I, I had her on, and she shared a, a, a really interesting story. I, I did not know all about this, but uh, I, I, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but because of a emotionally abusive relationship, uh, she started writing poetry again. And when she was sharing it on Instagram, it started getting some, you know, attention, and people found it relatable. So, uh, you know, she she goes into depth about that, and I'm I'm really happy I had her on and that she shared her story. She was an open book, uh, no pun intended there. <laughs> um, but she's a, a great person to, to speak to uh, a lot of interesting things going on. She uh, got her life uh, coaching certification. Um, so not only is she molding young children's lives, she's trying to help people that were in similar situations uh, that she was in. And on top of that, she wants to, you know, guide uh, everybody else's life as well. As, and it's, it's a really cool uh, conversation I had with her. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. All right. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, so a uh, little background. We know each other uh, again through high school. I, I've had quite a few <laughs> alum, quite a few uh, Redskins slash legends uh, on, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I so, don't think you can say Redskins anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to, you know, see so many people that I've, I've either 
known in high school or, or grade school or whatever, moving on and doing some good things. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation today to, uh, to talk about what you're doing, because uh, I know that you were you were a teacher and you still are a teacher, right? Correct. Yes, I've been and, teaching for about 15 years. And you live in, uh, is it the Los Angeles area, right? Yes, Los Angeles, California for about 16 years now. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're you're out in Los Angeles. I won't even get started on uh, you know your your coronavirus uh, uh, you know <laughs> issues out there with your mayor and your governor and all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that to myself. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I I was I was so excited when you know you popped up on my Instagram and I saw that you wrote. A, a, a poetry book or a book about poetry or poetry in a book. Uh, you're a published poet. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, like not that being a teacher isn't, uh, you know, worthy enough to be on the Monday motivation, but I was like, Holy crap, she's, you know, doing something. And, and, you know, when I started seeing the pictures and, 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 you know, listening to or reading what you wrote on social media, I was like, I want to have her on because, you know, this is something that she really wanted to do. And then, uh, you know, after talking to you, you know, I, I found out that it was like, it was, it was an outlet for you. And I was, I was like, man, this is, this is, this is good stuff. I want to talk about it. So, uh, I'm going to dive right in and I'm just going to ask, you know, how did you get to where you are right now in your career and life? So, uh, your career, not only as a teacher, but what, what motivated you or kept you or, or brought you to, uh, publishing a poetry, a book on poetry or book about poetry? I don't know how to, how to put that. <laughs> uh, a, a poetry collection. A, collection. a poetry collection. Perfect. There we go. Yes. Um, well, you know, actually all of those things, the teaching, the poetry, um, life coaching, which I'll get into, um, they all stem from the same place, which is I wanted to help others. Um, I, since a young age, I've just had that desire to like make the world a better place and reach out to Obviously, it started with youth and teaching, and um, it was actually in high school where we met that I realized I wanted to be a teacher because um, we had a, I, I don't know if I should mention names, but there was a student in one of um, my classes who was so annoying, and I'm like, that is it. I'm going to become a teacher. I am going to make sure these kids are in line, but learn all the things they need to learn, and then they don't annoy their fellow classmates when they're older. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so but it, like that that was a strong desire and then somebody was like money's not in teaching so I decided I wanted to get my degree in psychology because that was another way of helping people and um, I it seemed natural that people were coming to me with their issues anyway uh, and while I was in college getting my degree in psychology um, I ended up volunteering for an organization that helped underprivileged kids. And it was being around the children daily that I was like, I, I need to work with kids and I need to teach because this is where the connection is. This is my passion. Um, and oddly enough, in the 15 years I've been teaching, the psychology degree has come in very handy. Um, I find more of what I do, especially nowadays, has more to do with like helping the kids get work through emotions and um, you know like conflict resolution than it is just teaching them math 
and reading and writing and so on. Um, so in every day, I just like I get to help people. And then I was going through my own stuff. Um, throughout my life, I've had um, different issues. I tend to be an overachiever, which is not a bad thing, except it um, it brought up some other issues. Like I've struggled with eating disorders since I was probably 18 and not full blown, but enough where it just, you know, like I couldn't, I, I was always striving for perfection with the way my body looked um, and wanted to have control over that area of my life. And being a psychology major, I looked at going to a therapist, like going to the dentist, you should go in for a mental health checkup, just like your teeth. So I started seeing therapists who helped me work through different issues like that. And I learned a lot and I took it with me and I started applying it to other areas in like my teaching with my students or my friends. Um, and one big thing that was going on in my life, um, I did not see for at least 14 years. So my, my ex, husband um i had dated him for about five years before we got married and there were so many red flags that i just ignored um and was really just in the mindset of you know kind of like i am with teaching you you look at your students and you see that they may not be where they're supposed to be yet developmentally or academically but your job as the teacher is find that potential and help that child work to their full potential. Show them you believe in them, encourage them, and give them the skills they need. And I think that mindset that works really well for me as a teacher um, was what I took with me in my relationship and other relationships. And my idea was I can fix this person. I can I see where they could be and let me let me get them to that place. And, and, and I, I kind of held out hope. So um, I was married to my ex for nine years. So in 14 years total, it took me to realize um, that he was actually emotionally and psychologically abusing me. Um, just little things that I was feeling really upset about. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. It took a therapist to, to point it out to me, like, this is abuse. Um, so I knew I had to get out. Um, I knew I had to break that cycle. I have two daughters, and that was, I mean, girls especially. I was like, I cannot let them make the same mistake. Um, and, and now, after, real quick, yeah, real sorry. quick. Well, no, 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 I, I, I'm loving it. That's why I wanted to let you go. You were, you were on a roll. But, like, how, how long into the marriage did you realize that? Like, you, you said, you know, after you, – you, you know, you had to have a therapist, you know, kind of point it out. And, and I'm sure, uh, you know, that the therapist didn't just come out and say it, they, they probably let you, you know, come to the realization, but they kind of guided you there. But when, when did that happen? Like, you know, you said you were married to him for nine years. Was this like year three or was this, and you were just like, I'm going to put up with it because I don't want to break up a family. Or were you like, holy shit, it was like year eight, year nine. And I realized it and I got out, you know? Well, you know, it's funny, it's a great question, um, because looking back, I remember the, within the first three months of being married, I had actually, I was very traditional, I lived with mom and dad in Buffalo, and then waited until I was married to move in with my husband. 
Um, and we went from living in Buffalo with our parents to living in Los Angeles, away from our entire family, and then living with each other for the first time. Um, and I remember in the first three months crying on the phone to my friend and saying, I understand when people get divorced now. This is this is so hard. I put the I put the salt shaker on the table and it's an inch away from where it was supposed to be. And he's telling that he's not just moving it back, but he's like, Why do you keep putting it back in the wrong place? Like you know where it goes. Why would you <laughs> put it where I want it to? I don't mean and to laugh, I, but oh my God, that's that's right? that's a whole nother level. I mean, let's also factor in that I was 18 years old when I met him and I married him at 23. So looking back, like at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, I know so much, but I really was young. And I tell my daughters and anyone else who's listening to the podcast under the age of 25, go live out on your own, figure yourself out. Do not even think about settling down or meeting the person you want to settle down with until you're at least 25 years old, <laughs> because everything up until that point, we're just not fully developed to take that on yet. And that's, uh, that's yeah. my little soapbox. I'll step I, on that. No, I, 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 I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, uh, my grandfather, uh, he, he actually, uh, he just passed away last year, a year ago yesterday. And he, um, he was 90, he was, no, he was 93. He was, you know, he, he was ready to, you know, see his wife again. He, you know, he kept saying, and he, uh, I, he always used to tell my dad when, when, when my brother and I were younger and, you know, we would get like smart with my parents or, or, or we would be like, I know, I know, you know? And so my grandfather would always be like, you know, he would tell my dad, he would go, Joe, you know what? you should let them move out now while they know everything. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, you know, I never understood it. And then now I, I understand it. You know, like I, I see it. I, I look at myself and I'm like, all right, I was, I was pretty mature for my age when I was, you know, 17, 18, I moved to New York city when I was 17. So I was living there by myself. And then I was like, I'm pretty mature. I know a lot. And then, you know, 25 happens. I'm like, I know a lot. And then, you know, like looking back at it, you know, I'm, I'm in my, you know, early, early, late, thir early thirties. Yeah. 30s. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my late thirties, uh, you know, but I just like teetered over to the late thirties. Uh, and, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I knew nothing back then. Like I was so, I was so young and dumb and, and, and for me to go ahead and, and have all the responsibilities that I had of just myself, I, I couldn't agree more with your like move out, figure out things on your own. And then, but here's, here's what I'm going to say. Cause I'm, I'm living proof of this. I I've, I've done that. I was, I was single, you know, I'm, I'm lived in Manhattan by myself so from 17 to 22, I believe. And then from 22 to, I don't know, just a couple of years ago, I was living on my own in Miami. Now I did live with an ex for a, a couple you know, for probably about four years. Um, but don't live on your own for too long. Because then you get set in your ways and then, and I'm assuming, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming that's, I mean, your, your ex had that where he was like, well, I want it my way. And when you meet somebody and you're in your thirties and they're in their thirties and you go ahead and you're like, well, I live like this. And then they're like, well, I live like this. There's a lot of compromising that has to happen if you're going to make it work. And, and man, holy shit. That's a, that's a, that's a task I, I deal with, especially because, you know, marrying my wife, she had two kids from a previous relationship. 
So I not only have to compromise with her, I have to compromise with the boys. <laughs> you know? So, so I, I, I agree with the live on your own, figure things out. And then, you know, you can, you know, decide to settle down and, and, and do things. But, uh, my advice would be not to settle down too late in life because you're going to be, you know, enjoying your lifestyle the way you have it. And then you're going to have to go ahead and start compromising again. And it's hard to do that after many, many years of, just, you know, doing your own thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, that's an excellent point. I mean, I would even go back to modify it to say, like, just live out of your parents' house, even if that means that you have a roommate and you're learning how to live with someone else sharing the same space. But, you know, my parents are wonderful. But, I mean, I, I had their values and their beliefs, which are not the same as mine currently. And that was like a part of myself that I didn't really get to explore and know by still living at home. Right. Um, so there, there's that piece of it. So whatever you need to do to help you learn more about you and do the work that it's required to get over those things that, you know, are your roadblocks are getting in your way. Um, and like, I have a sister who's 28 and that was the biggest advice I had given her recently. I mean, she, she's, she's back at home with mom and dad. And, you know, I was like, you need to, okay, let, let's be honest. She's been at home with mom and dad. She's never moved out yet. So I'm like, you have to, like, I hear her talk and it sounds exactly like my parents, which again, nothing wrong with it, except for the fact that like, you need to hear, discover your own voice. And I say that, especially as a woman, growing up in a family where like we have Italian men and the men have the voice in the family. Like you have to have your own voice so that you know that when you're standing up for yourself or you create a boundary with the person that you are choosing to spend your life with or your boss or your coworker, that you know it's what you believe in and then you can stand by that conviction rather than it being someone else's belief that has just been passed down to you. Right. And I, I think I think that's a that's a great point that you brought up. You know, like she she's, you know, and, and uh, we're not going to go ahead and pick on your sister. And, and this is not yeah. at all picking on her. But I, I anybody who's lived with, you know, their parents for so long, they start, like you said, taking on their beliefs, taking on their voice. And you have to realize is they've lived their life already. And now you are just getting experiences through their stories. You need to go out and experience it yourself so you know how to go ahead and adjust and, and, and relate to different, you know, things that come up, you know, whether it's a roadblock or whether it's a, you know, an, a, a, a positive, uh, you have to go ahead and, and be able to, you know, take that head on and, and learn how you're going to handle it. Not, not how, how would my parents handle it? I mean, that's, that's, that's a hundred percent correct in my opinion. I, I and I, I tell people all the time. I, I mean, I, I just uh, I did a podcast with the kids I used to babysit, uh, you know, and and uh, we talked, and they're doing you know big things, and and both of them moved out, you know, and and I remember talking to them, you know, like ah, I'm thinking I'm going to do this, or I think I'm going to do that. I'm like, that's awesome, uh, you know. And then I have friends who will literally call me up and be like, hey, you think it's crazy if I want to do this? I'm like, no. The best thing I ever did, and I love my parents to death. But the best thing I ever did was move out uh, because of, you know, the, the growth you get as a, as a, as a human, as an individual, uh, when you do that is, is so incredible. Absolutely. Very well said. 
So, so back to, you know, we, we took a little sidetrack there, but I, I loved it. Uh, but back to how you got to where you are, we, we talked about how you wanted to teach and you got your, 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 your degree in, in, in psychology and, 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 uh, and, and, and all of that. How did you, how did you, how did you get to writing poetry? How did you get to become, and how'd you, how'd you get to publish it? Like that, that's, that's what I want to know. Awesome. Um, can I finish your, your nope. first question? Absolutely. No, um, because I didn't finish when you asked me about when I realized it. So mm. I, I didn't actually realize the abusive part until about eight, seven, eight years into the marriage, because I just thought, um, everyone says marriage is tough the first year. So I just assumed that it was just tough. And I, I always see the good in things and in people. So I, I would see like, oh, he would apologize and he felt bad for talking to me that way and, and whatever. Um, and it wasn't until I was in, uh, we actually were seeing a therapist, a marriage therapist um, who lived far away. So we would have to record our sessions one to kind of keep us in check from not being rude to each other and the other so that he could listen. And one of the sessions that we had worked on, um, I had sent the recording to our therapist and our therapist said, first of all, Crystal, I have been working with your ex for thousands of hours and he's still quite a project to get him to communicate properly. He goes, I've worked with you for two and your textbook at communication because I listened to what just happened and he's abusive. And I took it wow. to my personal therapist and she introduced me to the cycle of abuse, which I had never had my eyes open to. And I think it's such an important thing for people to be aware of that it's like a wheel. And what typically starts off is that there's this honeymoon phase where everything is great. Um, and it can be like, it, it usually happens in cycles. Um, and then there's the buildup. There's little things that are said or done. And then all of a sudden, um, there, there's this blow up. And they, like, you're at fault for everything. And, and especially when I would express my feelings to him that didn't align with him, it was like, how could you say that? You do this to me, blah, blah, blah. And I then he became the victim, which is part of the cycle. And then there's the apologies. And then there's the buying you flowers and the, like, the things to show you I'm sorry. Um, but when you look at the wheel, that apology section, that honeymoon phase is a sliver of the entire pie. And seeing that, I, that opened my eyes and I was like, holy crap, this is, this, is, this is never going to change no matter what I do to try to change this person. And I remember going, like, I, I had these analogies. Um, before I ever realized he was abusive, I said to him, like what you're not understanding when we were trying to communicate was like, like you say you're getting better about the way you're treating me, but it's the equivalent of a man physically hitting his wife five days a week and then going, well, I only did it three days this week. So it's better. Not realizing he was literally, he was like hitting me with his words constantly. And then it was abuse because I only thought abuse was this physical violence that, you know, we see in movies. Um, and that's why I'm like going to the book. That's why I'm so big in promoting, um, the, like letting people know. I mean, the, the poetry book that I wrote has a lot to do with like young love and then being in an abusive marriage and then dealing with 
what happens after you get out, after the trauma has already happened. Um, and I was like, so many people don't know what emotional and physical abuse is and that it's a thing and it's just as harmful, if not more harmful than that physical abuse that most people are aware of. Um, so I'll pause in case you want to interject or I can keep going. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I think this is great. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you're sharing this with us because I mean, I like, I, I think that it's important for people to, to hear this and, and it's uh, such a huge part of how you've, you know, kind of overcome it and became into this, this new career. And, and, and not only like you're still doing the teaching, I, I, I don't want to, you know, put that on the back burner because, you know, being a teacher right now during COVID is, I, I can't even imagine, right? Like I, I, I give you a lot of credit because you're, you're, you're teaching remotely and, and all that. Uh, but on top of that, you said, you know what, I need to, I need to, you know, do something else and, and, you know, kind of fulfill that. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing there was like a void there that you weren't doing what you really truly wanted to do. People, you were, you were helping little kids not little kids, but you're helping kids. And then you, you still wanted more. So my, Absolutely. my, my thing, yeah, my thing is there is, you know, you, you got into the, the poetry and now you're getting into, uh, you know, the, the life coaching, which I think is awesome. Uh, and, and so many people that go into life coaching go into it just for the wrong reasons, in my opinion, you know, for the fame, for, you know, everybody wants to be a Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think, you know, just listening to your story just right now, I think that, you know, you're going into it for the right reasons because you want to bring awareness to, you know, these these issues that are, are more common than we all believe, which, you know, you mentioned, you know, an eating disorder. You mentioned, you know, uh, emotionally and verbally being, you know, abused in a relationship. And and I, I mean, it's not just for women. It's, it's also for men. Men men also have eating disorders. And, you know, I mean, it's it's really big in, in high school wrestling. And I have a good buddy of mine who his his son is, is, is starting to do wrestling and all that. And, and I just tell him. Like, hey, man, just, uh, you know, make sure he's 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 not, uh, you know, starving himself, things like that. And and he's not my, my buddy. He wrestled his whole life and he he knows how to you know cut weight and do things like that. And his son's way too young to be cutting weight anyway. So he's not worried about that. But I, I look at it, I'm like eating disorders are very, very big on, you know, for not only women, but men. And it just I, I, I think it's great for people to hear this and it's it's motivating to hear somebody that has been in these situations and have overcome them and or are in the process of overcoming them because you know I don't know if you are completely you know over everything but uh, you know it, it sounds like you're you're on the right path and you're, you're you're crushing it now and that's why like I said I wanted to have you on to talk about it so my yeah. my next be to to ask you is, what motivates you to keep going, right? Like, so you just published a book. And before we go on, where can we find the book? Awesome. Um, the book is available on Amazon now. Um, it's currently at 4.8 stars with the review. So if you do pick it up, it's on Kindle and um, you can purchase it directly from Amazon worldwide. Um, please leave a review so that it becomes more popular so that people who do have similar issues are exposed um, to this book and know that it's out there. 
So that's where you can find it. And, and I will add to, because you've asked me this question before, how the book came about. And I had been writing poetry since high school off and on. Um, but the thing about an abusive relationship is when you get out of it, you're often haunted by the things that were said to you during the relationship. And especially like, and th this is my other thing um, where I was going back to like, please wait until you're at least 25. Um, is that like, I have children with this person and my children are my greatest gift and I am so thankful for them. Um, however, it's something that's forever ties me to their father. And when, when you look at abusive relationships, the number one, um, recommendation is to go no contact with the abuser and when you have children together and you share custody because he's not a bad father he was just a bad husband um the that means that you still have to be in touch with that person and so while i was out of the marriage physically and legally i was still dealing with you know a phone call here and there and um he would speak to me in a way that i just it, it still hit me and I, I, I have processed a lot of it and have, you know, just like fitness is a journey and happiness is a journey. So is recovery. So even though I've gone far, there are still times where something is said by somebody completely unrelated to my ex and it's said in either a similar tone or similar phrasing and my body physically reacts to that as though I'm back in the situation again. Um, so the poetry helped me process, um, what was actually happening, what I was feeling about it. And as I made this collection, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, there's other people out here who don't know about it. Um, and then I just, you know, like I put the poems together. Um, that was quite a process, um, to get them in an order that kind of told the story as well. And, um, that's it. The book's here now. Again, available on Amazon. That's awesome. It's I mean, called uh, Diadem, Crowning of the Lioness. Love it. I love it. That's great. And and is it? It's it's on. You say Kindle and all that, but is it also available in like paperback yet or not yet? Oh, it is. It's on paperback. You can order it directly from Amazon, um, and they will send you the printed copy of the book. And it's nice. It's. I'm holding it right now. It's very exciting. It motivated me for this podcast. I yeah, and and, and I mean, that's that's always been a, a, a thing of mine. Is like I would love, and, and I just don't have anything to write about. But <laughs> but oh, I, I've, I I've always been like, I was like, you know what? I I really like that's that's one of my my goals in the in the you know distant future is to have a book, maybe of my travels, uh, maybe of you know my my time, you know, being a Spartan nerd. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. Exactly. But yeah, that's okay, that's, that's one of the things. I still have my Spartan metal hanging behind me with the, uh, the the metal rack that I made. So yes, I I actually I I was a, a patron and I I got a metal rack that you made me. Um, and uh, I I love that. I was uh, I, I I don't have it in my office now, but I I will uh, in my new office. I will uh, have it. So I'm excited for that. But yeah. Uh, so, so that the thing that kept you motivated was just learning that there's there's more people out there that that need to hear it, you know. And and 
what motivates you? Because because in 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 your bio that you sent me, you know, you said that you plan on writing a few more books, and and I'm I'm really I'm really interested in in you know hearing a little bit a bit about that. Uh, you know, what's motivating you to keep keep writing? What's motivating you to to to, to move forward? Um. You know, what motivates me, the writing for me is a, is cathartic. It's a release. It's, it helps me process my emotions. And as, you know, I, I've been practicing life coaching and I, I read tons of books about mental and emotional health and processing emotions is a really big factor in helping you to like have a strong well-being and feel healthy and happy because when we lock away those things or try to walk away from the emotions we don't want to experience um it it brings us down we we physically feel tired we emotionally feel drained and that's also where you know addictive behaviors come in and, and you know most most addictive behaviors drinking substance abuse uh alcoholism is what i mean by drinking um, overeating, codependency, they all stem from some unprocessed emotion um, or experience that has happened. And for me, I know writing helps me process that. And that I know in doing it, that other people can be helped just by reading it. Because I've experienced scrolling through on Instagram and seeing a poem that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this. I can relate to this gave me a really great feeling. And I hope that other people have that too. Um, and, you know, like going through an eating disorder and knowing what that process is like, or even learning where it stemmed from. I think there's a lot of people, as you mentioned, men and women out there who have experienced it. I mean, men have also experienced emotional, verbal abuse, probably more than physical, and they've experienced physical abuse too. But it, it, it's really, these are things that are relevant, that are, happening in the world that happened over time and you know I also like it really comes down to helping people I also want to write um, a, a, a motivational book a, a life coaching book about my life experiences and where different things have brought me um, I find there's there's never enough of those books out there for me like I can listen to one after another and that's what pushes me to want to do more and live my best life. Um, I, I'm also like, I want to have the freedom to help more people. And I can, I can't do that if I just stop where I am now. That's, and that's I, awesome. That's, yeah, that's cool. It's, it's very, filled. very, very unselfish, but you know, it, like, but yet it is, not I'm not I'm not calling it selfish, but it is a little selfish because you're saying like I don't feel like I've achieved what I wanted to yet. That's why I'm going to do it. But I'm doing it because there's so much more out there that you know so it's like there's so much more to tell. There's so much more to share, uh, and and I think that's great because I, I I started this podcast the same 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 reason. Like I wanted to you know help people. I, I'm I'm driven. Uh, you know I, I'm motivated. You know for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> to find out what people, what successful people do, what people do in order to reach certain levels and do certain things. So that's why I was like, and I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. So if I can just help out one person, if one person is like, you know, woe is me, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling and just listens to any one of my Monday motivations and is like, you know what? 
this is great. Like I, I, yeah, I'm going to fucking go out and do it, you know, and, 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 you know, whatever it is. I, I love that. You know, whether it's somebody who, who says like, I, I'm not, I don't have the motivation to, you know, do what I want to do. And then they hear your story and how you, you know, picked up, you know, a, a pen and paper or, you know, a keyboard and started typing out the, the, the poems and things like that. Um, or whether it's, you know, they've listened to one of my, you know, many other guests uh, and, and said like, oh, wow, you know, just because I didn't go to school for it doesn't mean I can't do it. You know, a, a good friend of mine who is an award-winning, award-winning pastry chef, he, he, he started off with a totally different avenue and, you know, and he never went to culinary school, you know, and he, he, he slowly learned and, and is crushing it in life now. And I like, for me, that's what I want. I want, I want to find out. So that's how I started this. And I was like, even if one person listens to this and is, and is you know, like I'm motivated, I accomplish what I want to accomplish. You know, I'm doing this, uh, as, as something that I, a passion of mine. And, you know, I realize that it's, uh, you know, it's not impressive. Like I'm not, you know, this big podcaster and have millions of followers, but uh, hey, slowly but surely. Ago, a couple weeks ago, you had seven people listening and one worldwide. I listened yep. to that, that episode. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it and, always starts with one. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, so at, at the time of this recording, um, you know, I have – I have increased my amount of listeners so much. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm already at now um, over, I think I'm 1,800 uh, listeners now, uh, you know, for overall, not, not just, you know. But that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I feel like we should be reversing roles, and I should run a Motivation Monday podcast and ask you all of the questions. <laughs> that's, that's not bad that's not bad actually uh, you're, you're i believe the second person would be like we should be interviewing you uh, i was like yeah that's not a bad idea um but let me let me go ahead and and uh switch gears here a little bit because what what i part of this is not only to find out you know uh, how you got to where you are and, and what keeps you motivated once you've reached a certain level of success or, or you know a certain level uh of uh you know achievement um but <clears throat> I also want to go ahead and and I'm I'm polling not polling but I'm asking the question uh, two questions to see if there's a direct correlation between all these people that I interview and one of the questions is what time of the day do you normally wake up uh, and is it a seven day a week thing is it a you know because like y y you see a lot of these motivating people uh, like Jocko or D or David Goggins or you know. You know um, Gary V and all these people who say like, I wake up at four thirty, five o'clock, six o'clock, you know, whatever. And I, I get all my work done and I'm blah, 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 and all this stuff. So like, I, I want to see if, is there a direct correlation with people that are doing big things in their lives, uh, and, and achieving big things, uh, with the time that they wake up and, 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 and also with the following question that I'm going to ask you. So what time of the, what time of the day do you wake up? Um, during the school year, I am up at 5 a.m. Um, I start teaching, yes, I'm, I'm either on campus if, at 7.30 or I'm, you know, teaching remotely at 8. Um, but it's 5, and then over the summer, 6, 6 o'clock in the morning, not wow. usually much after that. Wow. And, and now, um, you know, we, we, we've kept in touch throughout the years. You, you were uh, heavily into working out. Um, do you still work out in the mornings or is it more of a, you know, whenever you could fit it in now, because especially with, you know, COVID and whatnot. Um, no, this is, that's why I wake up so early. Um, 
I have worked out nearly every day of my life. Um, in the morning for the past, oh gosh, at least nine years, probably longer. Um, but prior to nine years ago, there were more breaks in between. Um, and I, I, I do beach body on demand. Um, I've never become a coach, although I probably should with the money I've invested. Um, <laughs> but I just, we, I get up, we have my coffee, probably check some emails or sometimes I'm doing a course or whatever with 30, 40 minutes. And then I head down to my own living room and get out my equipment and work out. My husband works out with me. Um, and we get our workout in in under an hour, showered, ready to go on with the rest of my day. And oh, when I sleep in, I, it's such an awful feeling um, because I feel so much more tired if I don't get a workout in in the morning. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. I, 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 I've said it on numerous you know, uh, episodes before I'm, I'm not a morning person. I, uh, you know, kind of prolong my, uh, my, my wake up process. But when I do wake up, um, uh, you know, I try to do like a breathing exercise for about 15, 20 minutes, uh, Wim Hof method for, if you know that. And then, um, I, I love, I love to go ahead and, uh, you know, do uh, an afternoon workout. So like on my lunch break, if I can, if I can run to the gym or if I can go out for a run or if I can go ahead and, you know, just do a, a workout at the house, I, I love it. That's, that's, that's the greatest because it, it just, it, it kind of like, it's a pick me up in the middle of the day, right? Cause you're kind of getting a little tired and then you're like, Oh, and then you, you work out and boom, you get that like instant jolt of, 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 of energy and adrenaline. And you're like, Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, Cause I'm not, a, I'm not a coffee drinker. So, so I, I need that pick me up sometimes and, and working out in the middle of the day is amazing. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, I mean, I am a coffee drinker, but the, the workout definitely will give me more energy than a cup of coffee will. So like typically I'll, when I'm on campus, I work out in the, you know, I get my workout in, in the morning, I go into work. And then when the kids are on lunch, I usually grab a coworker and we walk at least a mile around campus over and over again until, um, like, it, depending on the time, sometimes longer. Um, and that gives me my pick me up. So if I look at it, I get my workout done in the morning. Anything after that is just bonus. Nice. Nice. Um, so, the, the the next the next question I love to ask is you know what well with the you know the things that we've talked about you've probably had a ton of stress um, whether it's with your past relationship whether it's dealing with you know three kids now in your household um, you know I, I'm not saying that your you know new husband or your current husband is 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 going to create stress for you but when he stresses you out when COVID or school or you know book stuff, whatever, something stresses you out. What do you do to relieve that stress? Are you a stress eater? Do you like just like to just, you know, down a bottle of wine? Do you like to meditate? Do you like to work out? Do you like to, uh, you know, maybe even go out and party? Uh, you know, what, what's, what's your stress reliever? I mean, when I was having an eating disorder issue, it definitely was emotional eating, but fortunately I'm through that now. Um, my first thing is, is working out. And if I don't get a good sweat, um, or push in in the morning, um, I definitely feel my stress levels are more elevated as well. Um, I, I love 
my go-to is meditation, which I hated at first, but it's a practice for a reason because the more you practice it, the better you get at it and the more calming it will make me feel. Sometimes, I, I mean, okay, I write. If I'm feeling really stressed out and not even going for a poem, I will just take my pen and write the first thing that comes to mind and I can I write until the thoughts are out of my head. Um, and I also, like, I'll just throw on some music and dance throughout my house um, if I can. And if I have the energy, because sometimes stress will, like, make me tired. Um, but if I have the energy, I have a fitness pole in my house, and I will climb that and hang from it all day long because it tires out my muscles physically. And I have to concentrate on that rather than whatever is stressing me out at the time. Wow. That's cool. That's, that's great. And, and that, I mean, it, it shows that you, uh, use physical exertion, right? You, like that, that relieves your stress a little bit. So that's cool. I, I, I can appreciate that. I, whenever I'm stressed, I, I, I love to, you know, go out and do something, whether it's like hit the heavy bag, go for a run, you know, uh, I, I try meditating. I, I, I'd like to meditate. It's just, like you said, it's a practice like, and, and I don't do it every day. Like I want to, I, you know, I, it's like, I'll do it one day, I'll do it two days and then I'll skip three days and then I'll do it four, you know, and then I keep on going. So I, I can appreciate that. I, uh, I like those answers. Those are good. Um, you know, I will add one more that's the latest because of COVID the best, yeah. especially when my kids are at the house is telling them, I need some mom time because I think it's really important to set the example for them for self-care. Um, and I will draw a bath with like scent essential oils and just relax with like spa music on in the background. And now my own daughters, I mean, they're only eight and 10 are like, mommy, can you draw us a bath too? We want some, some me time right now. That's hysterical. That's, I mean, that's great, but it's, it's so funny to see that they're like, well, we're going to go ahead and mimic that. I like that. Right. That's my goal is to get them to like find their voice and know who they are and not have the same cycle happen to them or anyone else in this yeah. world if they can avoid it. No, that's so god that's so awesome. Um so we've we've uh we've reached the 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 last uh question that I like to ask any everybody and that's the million dollar question I I call it. Uh and it is if there was a billboard of you in Times Square, right? Millions of people walk by it a day not right now because of COVID, but millions of people normally see it every day. What would it be on there, right? It's got to be you something, something with you on it. Uh, but what would it say? It's the Ooh. message that you want to go ahead and, 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 and let millions of people see it. What would you have it say? Oh, and you, you got to give me a second. This is a, this is a big deal. I mean, millions of people seeing this. Um, it's got to be just right. Well, I, you know, and, and, and while you think of it, I, I'll, I'll say I, I told somebody else this and, and I said the reason I asked this is when I do make it big for podcasting, I'm going to rent a digital billboard in Times Square and I'm going to put everybody's answers up there once at one at a time. <laughs> so <laughs> it might take 20 years to do, but uh, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's, my, that's my big dream. Well, if I change it between now and 20 years from now, I'll, we can, I'll text you the update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can text me the yeah. update. Um, I think it would say something along the lines of I want to say 
Let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. I like that. And now, now would it be just a picture of you? Um, what would what would the what would the billboard look like? Just out of well, curiosity. Well, in twenty years, it would be a picture. It would be a picture of me because you said I have to be on it, and yep. I would have. Um, I would be showing probably my most recent book that is, you know, a New York Times bestseller. Um, <laughs> nice. That that twenty years from now, that's what you're going to have. Maybe maybe sooner. I mean, your podcast is growing. We're, we're both motivated people. It can happen anytime. I love it. I love it. That's great. This is this is uh, this is perfect. <laughs> so I I, uh, I I really appreciate you coming on and and you know sharing your story. I I know that it's it's probably not the easiest to talk about, you know, especially since some of these topics are taboo, you know, uh, but I love that you were so open with it and, and, you know, able to share your story with us. So, uh, I appreciate it. I think that it is awesome what you're doing. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on Amazon and, and order a book as well so I can support you. And, I, uh, I, I would, you know, in, in, uh, in the early next year, I would love to have you on like a whatever Wednesday and we could talk about anything. We could talk about the, you know, n- you know, uh, emotional and mental health, uh, side of things that you went through. We could talk about, you know, uh, some of the, um, you know, life coaching things that you're doing or that you have planned. We can, we can you know, just have a, a, a free open conversation about it. So if, uh, if you're up for it, we'll do that in, in, you know, early next year. Yeah. Let me know. I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, and thank you so I, much for having me. This is, yeah. this is wonderful. You're a great interviewer as well. I, I try. I try. I, I feel like I get a little bit better every so often. So <laughs> hopefully I got a little bit better today and, and I appreciate you being, uh, you know, so, so, uh, so friendly and, and, and always, uh, you know, supportive of, of, of the things that I do. So that's, that's, uh, that's really cool. So thank you very much. And I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon. A shout out to our sponsors, uh, new sponsor, Giggy Bank payment tracker. Uh, whether you are a dog walker, personal trainer or anything, um, you can save time tracking your self-employment income, right? If you use spreadsheets, notebooks, or really nothing at all, then Giggy Bank's for you. You can download today and your first three clients are free. Uh, it's very easy to use. Giggy Bank tracks a single balance for each client. Enter gigs to track work done and increase the balance and payments to uh, bring the balance down. It's as simple as that. So uh, check out Giggy Bank in the app stores. All right. And SaberCon, for all your concrete restoration needs in South Florida, reach out to Jim or Scott at SaberCon. And last but certainly not least, uh, VitFit Keys. Uh, is one of the best uh, trainers with uh, Melissa. She will get your butt into shape. So thank you all, and have a great week.